Hello. You talking to me? I'm talking to you. I, I'm busy. What are we? Yeah. What are we doing here? I bet you are. We got a show <laughs> you know to what? do. I'm not. I'm not doing a show today. I told you that. I'm traveling. <laughs> I'm on the road. I've been talking too much. You don't need me to do the show. You can yet, do it without me. Yet here you are. Here I am at uh, Sarasota Natural Immunogenics. My friends that make Sovereign Silver and Argentin 23 and Sovereign Copper. And been doing some education uh, and having fun and yet my voice i don't know if it's going to be fun super don but we're going to try we got ian smith coming up we've had him on before and he's a big guy he has a gym in new jersey or had a gym in new jersey was partner with that and uh, they stood up against the tyrannical bullies of new jersey government during covid uh, lockdowns and shutdowns he's got a new focus on finding your hill findyourhill.com check it out and then ed dowd comes up in hour two that's what i see super don sent it to me so it must be real <laughs> ed dowd we're going to talk about what is the mystery behind died suddenly edward dowd joining us today on january 9th 2023 yes we are alive i don't know if my voice is but god bless y'all for being here share the show come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen and we'll get this healing party started right about now the robert scott the bell robert show. scott bell show The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. You know, I, I, I know I have a small head, but this is ridiculous. Look at this microphone in front of me, Super Don. It looks like it's bigger than my whole body. It's just ridiculous. And, and here I am uh, at, at a, a designated podcast room just trying to troubleshoot before we go live and and I know the the messages of uh, and the fun making has begun. You said you were going to give me, you know, whatever today. It's not good. It's not going to be fun for me. But here we are. What a big microphone you have, Robert Scott Bell. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it looks know. fine. It looks fine. Come on, man. No vanity on this show. You're good. I just want to. I just want to look big and bad and strong. But of course, with Ian Smith coming on today, it's there's no way anyway. No, so I just, not, I'll give up before. No I contest. No contest. No, not at all. Well, no. it's uh, good to see you, my friend, uh, back in a studio, not my studio yet. Uh, we had four days. I guess this is day five for me being away, but four days of uh, intensity, talking all day long, broadcasting, recording, and then uh, making it down and doing more recording, some other educational pieces I'm working on behind the scenes. And then going live on my own show, which I, I said, I want to call it the Super Don show today, just simply so I can rest my voice, uh, but no. I don't think you're going to cooperate. No mercy. No mercy. Oh my gosh. You got to just work through it here. You can do so, it. I just want to say a shout out to Terry and Stu Warner. Thanks for hosting me at their big event, Wellness Parenting Revolution and more, and met a lot of awesome, awesome docs. Got to meet Robert Malone for the first time briefly at an event and Saw Peter McCullough, of course, Ryan Cole, some some really cool docs. And, you know, one of the coolest guys I met, Super Don, was like at the end, a real Southern gentleman from Mississippi, uh, Dr. John Witcher. Dr. John Witcher. Now, I don't know if he's officially declared yet, but it seems like he's running for governor of Mississippi. And we're going to get him on the we're going to get him on the show. Cool. Can you imagine having another governor like DeSantis, but even more so because Dr. Witcher knows about all of the scamdemic 
knows all about the you know, the dangers of the jab and is not you know pretending not to be a doctor because he is one and he does understand the stuff that's going to be really cool nice yeah sounds good to me all right so uh what else are we doing today on the show anything i need to know <laughs> nah we got nothing else oh, going man. on dude wake i up. feel like rodney dangerfield i'm how much sleep you, did you no get last night respect. oh three to four hours oh. <laughs> and i didn't get much more the previous three or four nights wow. uh this is not this is when i say do as i say not as i do kids because i'm usually very good about getting to sleep early and getting a good good solid night's rest and then getting up and hitting the gym. Now I did, as I, as I told you at the event, uh, I got two days of gym workouts in, in my favorite gym, the nine round. And in fact, the second day I got there, I was more acclimated and I actually won the challenge of the week in another gym. <laughs> now I don't know anybody at this gym, so I don't know whether that's, you know, me bragging or me being, you know, no. I don't know. It, I just, if anybody has been watching the show for a while, you know, it's like Robert just like, he loves to show me pictures of him winning the chow challenge just because he knows how I'm going to react. Right. Yeah. So here I am thinking, oh, he's on the road. He's at an event. You know, I don't have to hear, hear him brag about what other thing he won at the gym. And then I get a picture of him holding the chow challenge belt over his shoulder. <laughs> At another nine-round gym that happened to be in the same area as where the event was going on, I was just like, yeah. I quit. I'm you done. can't even. But you, you still haven't gotten out to the YMCA where you are with your wife to work out. So, oh yeah, no, yeah, still. I know I got no room. That day. I ain't got no room to to talk. And, but and I ain't got no respect. So you throw me a, a, a what you call a, a softball article to open, and thank you for that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's from our friends at the Defender. And it says two in five kids have multiple food allergies and it's taking a toll on their mental and physical health. Two in five children and nearly half of adults with a food allergy are allergic to multiple foods, not just one. This is according to new research, which also found that as a number, the number of food allergies a person has increases. So does the effect on their physical and psychological health. Now I asked you this, how did I ever make it through childhood? You want to talk about food allergies? I had them multiple. It's been a while since I've uh, had to think about this, but when I was a kid, of course, you know, for those of you with me for a while that I have been raised pharmaceutically, allopathically. My, my dad was a pharmaceutical guy rep and my uncle was a medical doctor. And so we had all of the access to, the so-called best doctors whenever we wanted. In fact, when we moved from New York to South Florida, when I was a kid, I started getting severe congestion and respiratory allergies. Before that, I even got there. I was having skin rashes, sinus issues, all kinds of strange maladies. And we didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. So my uncle, the doctor, God rest his soul, my uncle, Bob, said, hey, I got a friend I went to medical school with. This is in the early 70s. Okay, I think I'm mid-70s, somewhere along those lines. Yeah. And he said, he's, a, he's, a, he's in this new, newer specialty field called allergy medicine. He was an allergist. And I went, and I don't know if any of you have ever done this. You know, they make you take your shirt off, you lie down on your belly on, on a cold whatever table, and then they drop little drops of things on your back and then they poke holes through the drops poke 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 through every hole every drop that they do and they want to see which holes react and they map it out 
and then they give you a report. And I'm telling you, I tested positive for almost every allergy you can imagine. These are, these are not happy memories, Super Don. Thanks a lot, buddy. I, my back was swollen, <laughs> holes, and, and what it was to lead to was even more horrific because, you know, as they said, you, well, you're allergic to dust and mold and animal dander and tomatoes and, you know, various other foods, you know, so you talk about multiple allergies, food allergies and more. That was me. And then that was to be the introduction to allergy shots as a kid around 10 years of age or so getting shots. And in the beginning phases, I had so many allergies that they had to give me nine shots in each arm each week. I, you to, to think that I was a pincushion, that's an understatement and it was normal. I didn't know any different. That was me. That was, Oh, well, the allergy doctor says, get the shots. Now, after a while, I don't know. Somebody got the great idea of like, well, why don't we just mix the whole blend together and make him get four shots instead of nine in each arm? Like, well, I was thrilled. I only get four shots now instead of 18. So you talk about this article and saying that they're having their mental and physical health challenge. Good Lord. What do you think I went through? And, and why do you think super Don, I'm so happy when I can do in my fifties, what I couldn't do in my twenties or teens or tens. To be able to kick kick butt in the you know the various fields of endeavor, and not be swollen and inflamed and congested like I was as a kid up until I was about twenty four when I learned of a different way to go. It's a big part of what motivates me to do what I do, Super D. And not everybody experienced what I have. Some of you may raise your hands and say, "Yeah, that's I pretty had brutal." I yeah. got to admit that's pretty brutal. I don't think but I've I, ever heard that before from anybody else. I, I but I knew that was all I knew. And so I'm like, well, the doctors know. The doctors know we were taking the doctors. Good doctor, friend of my uncle, right? Wasn't a mean guy. I, I have good memories of the man as a nice man. But dude, really? And 10 years of that? 10 years of shots before I finally had, you know, so, so yeah, it was 18, 19. So yeah, it was about eight, nine years of age when this happened, eight, nine, 10 years of age. That's right when it was happening. And so that was what led me to, you know, the conclusion at 19 at Emory University when the doctors were still giving me allergy shots my freshman year. I'm like, dude, I'm still getting shots and I'm, I still have my allergies. And I'm like sick and tired of this. I want to be well. Will I ever be well, doc? We don't even know why you're sick. That, that was it. I had it. Thanks like, a lot. Yeah, you don't know why I'm sick and you're giving me all the drugs, the medicines. I had surgery earlier in my teen years to open up the holes of my nose bigger. And all it did was give bigger holes for snot to fill. And I was fed up. You understand? It's a little bit of insight and backstory. Uh, my old-time listeners, you guys know who you are. You've heard this maybe. I don't talk about it every day, but I'm feeling it today with this opening story that Super Don sent. And it's not he's not aggravating me. It's a, just an interesting memory to share with you as, <laughs> as we're looking at more kids having these problems, <clears throat> right? In other words, that means that they haven't figured this out, Super Don. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, why it should have stopped with me. But two in five kids, 40% of kids have multiple food allergies. That's a lot. That's a big number. Yeah. Yeah, that is a big number. And so it was what you went through is what inspired you to be who you are today. It's the yeah. reason why you've got a microphone making your head look small. I know it's like the microphone is swole, not me. <laughs> well, listen, we've got Ian Smith waiting in the wings here, but I do have some breaking news here, which I think is, is worth uh, sharing. Just this okay. came across, just came across the wire. Yeah. looks like DeMar Hamlin 
has been yeah. released from the hospital. Hmm. You know, that is great news. And I, I'm pleased to hear that. And, and I wonder, you know, nobody can prove it per se. I don't, I don't know. Have they done double-blind placebo-controlled studies on millions of people praying and the results of that? Right. About millions of people were praying for this guy. I'll tell you, and I was watching, I was watching football over the weekend. And the, <laughs> uh, when the, me. the uh, I can't remember what teams it was that did it. It wasn't mm-hmm. the Bills game, but uh, there was another couple of teams that did this. They reenacted the, uh, the everybody getting together in, in a circle. Brand. Yeah. And it was really cool to see. It was really cool to see, you know, what the, the effect that that's had on people and maybe, maybe making people kind of, I don't know, uh, be a little more unified, which is yeah. something you don't experience much today. Seems that only crises for most people, right. only crises brings you together. It's amazing that uh, we're so reluctant to come together unless there's a crisis. Although that same crisis mentality that can bring us together is the same one that drives us apart in fear, like the COVID crazy crisis. And they don't want to let it go. Folks, if there are more of you, or let me just say more of them than us, I would like to say that, that are still afraid of germs whether they be called bacteria, fungal species, or viruses. They're going to do it again. Is it next year? Is it this year? Is it two years from now? They're going to do it again because the human species has been bred into a state of perpetual fear of the unknown, of the invisible. And this, to me, is evidence of a lack of connection to the source of all wisdom, the source of all healing. That is God. That is your divinity. And you see in crisis, like this tragedy of this Bills player, and thank God he's, he's out, been released. But in that way, some, somehow we all then turn to prayer. Why not pray when you don't have to, however you decide to do it? Why not come together when it's not a crisis, instead of dividing when there is one or even when there isn't? And I'm, you know, I'm calling for us all to do better in that regard. We had a wonderful time coming together at this big event in Orlando. We just finished with uh, a lot of uh, integrative medical physicians. And there's still there's still problems in the physician class because it's a very egocentric, ego-driven, elitist group because they've been bred that way, they've been trained that way. And even as they become humbled by what they didn't know and what they don't know, there's still a penchant for elevation, either self-elevation above the, 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 the rubes and the and the minions that don't know because they didn't go through medical school or it's an elevation of those in the lay field audience that want to look at these doctors as if they are gods, demigods, even with all of their faults and failures and foibles. They're human beings just like all of us. And I'm just witnessing that the ego dies hard. As I've you know mentioned over the years, uh, that uh, film with Keanu Reeves, how do you say his name? And Al Pacino, The Devil's Advocate, after, and I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. It's not a children's movie, folks. Uh, but at the end, when Keno thinks he won, he beat the devil at his game. And then the last scene, you know, the devil reappears to him and plays to his ego. And he says, vanity always gets him in the end. And, and that's one of those things that even as I joke about wanting to be big and strong like Ian Smith, our guest this hour, <laughs> Just recognize if, if we're always comparing ourselves to other people, remember you, you're created in the, the image of God. And, and I don't mean that necessarily physically, but spiritually. And that 
in theory or in actuality should supersede the physical, but we recognize we have to take care of this temple that we're in. And I encourage you to do so. I try to be a good example for you, for those of you to you know, not be hypocritical and saying, oh, do this and I don't do that. You all know that I do and to the extent that it annoys you. <laughs> I hope I don't annoy Ian Smith because if I did, he could squash me like a bug. But I'm glad he's back on. He's a great guy. He stood up back in the day, you know, in the midst of COVID with the gym he was part of in Jersey and said, uh-uh, no, we're not shutting down. We're not playing that tyranny game. Now he's got this Find Your Hill, a book, and uh, I maybe a movement by Ian Smith. We're going to find out all about what he's up to, what he's been up to, and uh, maybe he can give me some uh, fitness tips as well. Ian Smith, welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, my friend. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Thank you uh, for having me back. Yes, your biceps bigger than my head. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's any bigger than that that microphone, though. That's true. At least the image of this microphone is it's on. Not like well, I won't even say. But here we are together again. And I know you're not with the, that gym that you were, you know, working with at the time and, and co-owner with. And I love what you did. We highlighted it here on the show. And 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 bi any business that we could find that stood against that tyranny, uh, I respect immensely and the people involved in it. And you, you have obviously made some changes in your life and what you want to do with what you've learned in the past few years. Uh, I believe you're a man of integrity, willing to stand against big old bullies. I'm sure that, you know, at this point, people aren't really thrilled to try and bully you. They might know that they'll lose, but it sounds like you want to inspire others to stand up against these bullies. Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, the story of Attila's gym um, is a story about two regular guys. There's nothing inherent um or, or or special inside of us that that every other american doesn't already possess um and and my my goal is to help people find that um because it's in there it's not it's not something that you're going to get from the outside you know the courage to do the right thing to stand up uh about whatever it is um when something's wrong and, and using your ability to kind of uh, protect not only yourself and your loved ones, but the community and the country around you is something that, that makes us uniquely American. That's, that is a fundamental American value. And I think that's in each and, uh, each and every one of us, and, you know, just want to show people, um, that it exists in them too. And, uh, yeah. it's very easy to find. Well, when you say it's easy to find, some people might go, well, if it was so easy, wouldn't everybody find it? Or is it, uh, life events that for many people haven't really gotten personal enough for them to find that strength to stand up against tyranny? Uh, yes to both. Um, it, it is easy to find, um, but we just don't see it. Uh, we're distracted. Um, we sell ourselves short. Um, we do all these things that um, we'll ignore a problem that we know is a problem, whatever it is. We all, we all do these things. We, you know, we put the blinders on and, and we choose to uh, live comfortably in the moment instead of, you know, push ourselves or challenge ourselves or, or, you know, in, in whatever way that, that bad habit that I think we all, um, can succumb to, um, you know, for me, I learned very early and, and this is in the book, you know, I talk about the Attila story, uh, in find your hill, but I give a little backstory as to who I am to help people kind of understand uh, why we opened. You know, everybody, everybody understands the why we opened, but what what it was about us uh, and many others, because there were a lot of other businesses. Our story was probably the loudest and, and the one that 
people heard of the most. You know, but there were businesses all over the country and all over the world who were doing the same thing. Um, you know, I uh, when I was younger, when I was 20 years old, I started a five year prison sentence. And I really um, first of all, I did deserve to be there. Um, so this is not not me kind of complaining, but I learned what it is like to have your freedoms absolutely stripped from you um, and have no control over your life anymore, you know, at all. Uh, you're told when to eat, when to sleep, uh, where to sleep, uh, when you can talk to people and communicate with the outside world, when to go to the bathroom, when you can shower, when you can go outside. Um, you know, everything that we all take for granted, um, the, the million little choices that we make every day, um, that's all taken away from you in, in prison. And I, you know, I, I didn't want prison to be the last chapter of my life. So I spent those five years really working on myself and really starting to understand who I was and um, did a lot of looking inward. And I learned a lot, you know, it was, a, it was a terrible experience, but it was probably one of the most powerful experiences of my life. Um, so when it came time to open the gym, excuse me, or to close the gym, my freedom was threatened again. And I never wanted to feel that ever again. I never wanted to go through that ever again. Um, and this time it wasn't justified either. I, you know, business owners of America and, and regular citizens of America didn't do anything to be punished in the way that they were uh, through the COVID lockdowns and mandates and, and every all of the chaos that followed. Um, so when it came time, I think I was a little bit just more familiar with that um, with that sense of losing freedom, you know, um, because I had. I've experienced what it was like to have nothing. And yeah. the problem, the problem that we have, I think as, as Americans in the, in the predicament that we find ourselves in now is we've never experienced complete lack of freedom. Um, but we're, we're willing to give up little bits at a time uh, in exchange for sort of some comfort, right? We don't want to fight. We don't want to sacrifice, you know uh, we're too busy doing something else. Um, you know, and we're not involved enough, I think. And we keep sacrificing these little amounts of freedom. We play this game of inches with big government. Um, and COVID was just that kind of snap. They took a really big step. Um, but we can't allow that again. And that, that, uh, that only stops at the individual. There's no movement. There's no president. There's no um, organization that's going to come and do that for you. You know, it, it yeah. starts with the individual, just like it did at Attila's gym with two guys who said, no, no. Yeah. Rosa Parks said no. Yes. And we need more of that uh, to nullify tyranny and to mean it. And you, you know, you went to prison, as you said, you served a term or so with uh, you acknowledge whatever it was that happened prior. And yet I, I heard the, in, the distinction when you said the businesses and including that business that you were part of did not commit a crime. No. There was no justification. And and yet you also acknowledge that many Americans are willing to incrementally give up little bits of it. Since you had lost pretty much most of it by going to prison, you recognize now that you were out that this was inappropriate because you were no longer in prison. Or, or are we somehow subtly in prison, a prison of our mind or, pro, or the programmings that we have that would manifest in a way that as our freedoms are chipped away through it these felt very, It felt very familiar. Yeah. Um, and like when I, when I just heard you saying that, like we, you know, are we in a prison? Um, it, in that moment, like when, you know, we had bought Attilus nine months prior to the shutdown. Um, 
and we were like rocking and rolling. We were a brand new business. We were doing just absolutely fabulous. The yeah. gym when we had bought it was in just it was just a, a dumpster fire. It was a, it was a, a huge project, and we just nailed it. And it was right off to the races, and we we were like riding this high. Uh, we had just had sort of a grand reopening. You know, life felt really really good in that uh, that sort of tail end of the Trump era. Um, before COVID, you know, everybody, I think everybody across the board was kind of just living life, you know, enjoying, uh, the, the feel good nationalism of the time. Uh, the mm -hmm. fact that money was flowing, businesses were booming, things were cheap. Um, you know, so we were riding that high. And then I, I remember very distinctly, you know, we heard the whispers of coronavirus and, you know, and then the, the panic uh, started to set in and, you know, the media stations had their little like death counter in the corner um, and then we heard lockdowns and all this stuff. And I remember when that order came, um, and it was the final day and we didn't want to shut down. We didn't want to shut down. We kept saying like we weren't, you know, and ultimately we, cl we closed our doors that night because we just didn't know enough. You know, we didn't, we didn't understand the situation, but I remember that feeling that night as we, as we closed the gym for the final time on March 16th of 2020, I remember a very familiar feeling. Um, like a feeling of helplessness, you know, like that you, that you have no control over your life. Um, and that was a, a feeling I had felt before and it just, it didn't sit right with me from the core. Well, I think that feeling, I wish it didn't feel right to a lot more people than you and me and some others here in this audience. And, uh, I do again, respect and realize we couldn't acknowledge all the businesses that did in silence often, not with media coverage, stand up against these bullies. So this is something that, uh, uh, you know, when you say, you know, find that hill, I get a sense that you're, you're trying to inspire people to find their hill and you recognize it might be different than yours, but everybody uh, needs to find that place and space where they're willing to defend. And I, I would say life, liberty and property as we go to the origins of our Declaration of Independence. Uh, but the, the acknowledgement that uh, we have strayed far from that which are the founders of this country, you know, left us. And they warned us that this would inevitably happen if we ever fell asleep on, on freedom. And that there are always those human beings, even they might be your brother, sister, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, son or daughter, we don't know, that really take some kind of strange joy or uh, some pleasure in, in subjugating others. Not freedom, everybody is into freedom as we are. You know, freedom... I truly believe that freedom will always be challenged. And, you know, I talk about in the book and, and it's funny, you, you're, you, you've deduced very well what, what it's about just from kind of the, the title. Um, you know, and I, I tell the story, I tell the story of prison. I tell the story of Attilus. And then I tell the story of running for Congress uh, after that, you know, and I, I, I summarize the book um, with that idea. You know, I, I've been very fortunate through all of COVID I traveled the country, you know, because of the national stage that we were on, uh, the movement of Attilus, you know, the idea of Attilus opening became much bigger than just some like gym fighting. You know, we became a symbol uh, of hope for a lot of people. We became a sort of a rally cry for a lot of people. Um, we were the blueprint for a lot of people. And then I started getting invites to to come speak at rallies that weren't even related to small business they were medical freedom rallies they were just pro like pro america pro freedom rallies and it grew and grew and grew and you know i had the ability um 
and and the the pleasure of of meeting tens of thousands of of, of people. You know, I've spoken in D.C. Uh, at all the election rallies. Um, you know, and it, it was an incredible experience. And you know, I just um, I always told the story of Attilas because. I had hoped to inspire people, not because, you know, the story's cool and, and it, it's a great story, but the lessons in it are more important, I think, than the actual story, because it's a story about two guys who knew something was wrong in their gut, were scared to death, um, but did the right thing anyway. And um, and that gym became our hill. That that became our life for the foreseeable future for, for almost two years. Um and it was really hard and it was at times scary beyond, you know, when you're getting fined $15,000 per day um, and, and uh, you're, you know, I, I live in a 750 square foot house. Um, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm a small businessman. I'm not a rich entrepreneur. You know, we were getting fined $15,000 per day and, you know, you're, you're, sitting there 30, 40, 50 days into that when they start seizing your assets and stuff. And it's terrifying. Um, but I wouldn't change any of it for the world because it was the best thing I ever did. Um, and that hill doesn't always have to look like that. Mm -hmm. But this country was founded by people. You know, we all come, we all come no matter, no matter what your nationality is, no matter where you come from, this country was founded by people who were willing to sacrifice for freedom. And we pay, we pay for freedom in two ways. Uh, we pay for freedom the hard way in blood and conflict. And this country has been through that multiple times. And then we play that small price for freedom every single day to make sure that we don't give up those inches, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, to make sure that we don't, uh, lose what we have been given, what people gave their lives for, what people gave everything for. Um, and it's our responsibility as, as American citizens, as proud American citizens, no matter if you just came here legally and, and you are the first of your bloodline to step foot on our shores or you're native and you were here before anybody else got here, you have a responsibility as a citizen of this great nation to pay for freedom every day. And that is finding your hill. Ask yourself, mm -hmm. what do you care most about? You know, if you're a parent, it's probably your children. There's an easy hill to find. Make sure that, e that if your kids are in public school, and even if they aren't, that you show up at these meetings, that you run, that you, that you get involved, that you do more than complain about it and be upset about it. Um, even if you don't have kids, do it. Um, Pull your kids out of school. I know that's challenging for a lot of people, but find and find and or develop a homeschool network. You know, start pushing back against the system. It doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing with Tucker appearances uh, and fifteen thousand dollars a day fines. You don't have to sacrifice in that way. You can sacrifice your time. You can sacrifice your energy, your attention, your money, donating to local campaigns, volunteering your time. All of this stuff. I learned if I can give people one lesson through all of this is if you would have asked me, and I say this in every speech, if you would have asked me three years ago, if I could have the impact on the world that I have had. Um, and I don't say that to brag. I say that because it's been, I've met thousands of people who have hugged me with tears in their eyes. Um, and it, it's, it, it's one of the most incredible feelings in the world. Cause three years ago you asked me that and I would have said, no way. 
the same thing that everybody says is I'm just one person. But the reality is, is that everything that you do is important beyond measure. Every choice that you make three years ago, when I decided with along with my business partner to open the gym, I never thought that what we were doing was that important. I never realized what we were actually up against. Um, and the same goes for every choice you make in your life, how you spend your money, how you spend your time, um, the things that you do, the, the values that you hold for yourself, your family, your community, uh, how you get involved. All these things are so, so important. And you never know what's behind that door by going out and doing something outside of your comfort zone that adds value to your community. Um, and you find those that you find that hill, you find those things that you care about. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be opening a gym or having a small business in the face of tyranny. Uh, it could be preserving something like our public school system, which we should be able to have without worrying about our kids being, you know, propagandized by government. Um, well, only or, as you point out, Ian, if uh, the parents are engaged in that system, because if they abandon it, we see what happens and who takes over. Yes. And, and, and you know, I was thinking of all the people that hug you is the most common thing you hear when, when you do that is, I can't breathe. Or is it, <laughs> or is it, or is it, and thank you, right? I bet you hear a lot of thank yous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we give good odds around here, so absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and, and are you still in Jersey through all this? Uh, yeah. So right now, you know, we, um, on the back end of Attilus, I ran for Congress. Um, and then after Congress, I had some time off and, uh, and wrote the book and my wife and I are expecting our first son. Um, so he's due in March. So we are. Congratulations. Thank you. Getting the house ready, getting life ready, um, for, for a little baby boy, uh, that we're happy and thrilled and just super excited to, uh, to take on this next challenge. If he comes out with a beard, I'm going to be really annoyed because this is what I got. He certainly might. Maybe at least like a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> I could be. I would be not surprised if that happens. Although your wife might yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, you're doing amazing things, and uh, I want to do a shout out to another friend from Jersey. She was originally from New York and fled New York, a refugee from New York, went to New Jersey. Stephanie Lucrecio with Children's Health Defense, and. Uh, she's been doing amazing work standing against tyranny. Of course, I remember covering the uh, the rally outside the Capitol there when they were trying to mimic New York and eliminate all uh, exemptions to vaccination, yep. including religious ones. And you guys were so loud up there. The the halls were reverberating in that building. Yes, and the moms of New Jersey showed up in the blistering cold and they absolutely kicked ass. Yeah, and I just always wanted to encourage the dads to be as warrior brave as these moms. And I hope that that's happening, that there's evidence of that happening. And businesses like, you know, what you were running with Attilus. And, um, you know, when I was going to the gym, I had signed on not too long before that happened. And uh, God bless the owners of the gym I went to. They never required masks. They never shut down despite pressure. Um, you know, they respected people's freedom if they wanted to wear a mask. And that's fine. Like I said, yeah. I believe in freedom. Oh, yeah. But to, you know, to mandate or be, be tyrannical about it. Uh, I re again, I respect anybody that would at least uh, acknowledge that our foundation in America is rooted in liberty. We don't have to all agree on a lot of things, but on the fundamental principle of freedom, if you believe that government's role is to take away our freedom simply because we di we disagree on something, that's where I'll draw the line. That's a hill, you know, that I have. I walk with everywhere I go. Absolutely. It's like you can take your hill with you. That is there a chapter on that? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, yeah, you absolutely can because, you know, one of 
one of the things we drew a hard line in the sand with was masking. Um, you know, so the, the Attila story is a, is a series of quick escalations, you know, that went from getting citations on day one to being fined $15,000 per day and having, you know, our, our bank account emptied to the tune of $200,000 and being arrested and, and whatever. Um, but along the way, um, as we were getting fined $15,000 per day, the state reopened. But they kept fining us $15,000 a day because we would not adhere to a mask mandate, just like uh, the gym you went to. We just um, we gave people the choice. You want to wear a mask? Great. Um, but we're, we're not making anybody do anything. And um, so we were being fined $15,000 a day for that. So when I was traveling, you know, I'm, I'm going all over the country speaking and I had to figure out how to get from point A to point B because I was not going to wear a mask because I couldn't. I was on the national stage, you know, with with Tucker interviews and on every major media publication and podcast there is, you know, every other week for a while about not masking. Um, I couldn't just put one on when it was convenient, you know, or like when when that you, you reach some point, you know, like the TSA. Yeah. Right. You know. Most people, even even if they were like, I'm not wearing a mask, they'll slip it on real quick to the TSA and they'll pull yeah. it right back off and then they'll go back to like the eating, drinking routine. It's like, I couldn't even do that. So I did. I had to take my hill with me. Um, and I got banned from five airlines, uh, American Airlines, Delta Airlines, Southwest, um, and two others banned me. Um, did they ever uh, rescind that, that ban, any of those airlines? They, did. they all did. Yeah, they all okay. did. Um, now let, let's be honest about this beard you have here. It is not possible to make a mask big enough to cover that and stop anything from happening. No, it, it would just hang right off the sides. I mean, it, it's just such theater. It's so absurd that they even think they make a mask that would do anything for you. I yeah. just, I got to laugh because what were we, what were we engaged in? Absolute sheer stupidity. Oh, it was, you know, it was, um, it was always, and I traveled a lot. I traveled two to three weekends, you know, out of, uh, out of the month for, for quite a while. And it was, it was always an adventure. There were times I used to have a car for backup. You know, I would, I'd book a flight and I'd book a car as well because there were times where no matter what I did, like people would not give. Um, and there were times I was yelled at. I had stuff thrown at me. I had, uh, all sorts of craziness. And it, it was, um, like it was living, living in the twilight zone for a while. Um, but I would be there three, four, or, you know, six times a, a month back and forth. But it was always funny because I would always, you know, I'd, I'd say to people, I'd say, you know, the mask won't work anyway. And they, they scream and foam at the mouth and tell you that, it, you know, it saves lives. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if you see this, this beard on my face, but like, it's not going to fit. Um, and it's not going to stop anything from anything. And they said, at least it'll help. That was always no. It'll help because we know all of the studies that were never done included a study on beards like yours and how it'll, it'll help anyway. Uh, <laughs> just insane. Now, are you doing much traveling? Are you doing, Hold on, much I got to jump in here. There there is that's, it. that's like, that's basically it right there. This is oh. it. We'll see what this, check this out. Check this out. Oh, <laughs> check this out. I remember that. You could have done that. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> that's great. Did you ever try that? <laughs> no, I think I could do it though. I definitely got. Some I, I think you could, but that totally is probably more effective than a KN95. I'm just thinking. But <laughs> no, do you have it. But what what an odd time that was, and it was it was very. Um, it, it kept me amused. 
I learned to to laugh about it because it was it was it was an inconvenience. You know, when you talk about this idea of find your hill, it it comes along with the idea that you're going to be sacrificing something, right? You know, no no fight is won without some sort of sacrifice, and uh, and we I had to sacrifice a lot just because of these something is so stupid as a mask. It mm. you know it would sometimes it would cause me to have a, a 17 hour drive to a speaking engagement uh, instead of just, you know, wow. a three hour flight or something, you know, it was, it was absurd, it, but it, 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 it just showed you, you know, it, it taught me a lot in, in a very funny roundabout way because yeah, once I, uh, once I felt the fear and, and the pressure and everything like that, and, you know, was threatened to rest and, and stuff like that. It started to become very easy for me to be in conflict. Um, and I just got very comfortable. And this is something I would say a lot to people is you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, um, we have to, as Americans, we've, ha we've got this built up complacency, I think, where um, it's easier for us to not get involved. It's easier for us to kind of just stay quiet on things um because well, we, we become wussies and wimps in our comfort we really yes. have i mean it's like oh i don't want to feel uncomfortable like do you understand what people that came before you on this planet have gone through to make it possible for you to even be alive yes we have no conception of that you know you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to uh you know you don't want to stay up late and work on something that uh, or you're going to be offended that somebody doesn't address you by the pronoun you proclaim <laughs> Really, I mean, if things really get tough and rough, and we're in a zombie, uh, you know, overt zombie apocalypse, the last thing somebody's going to care about is their pronouns. The pronoun, yeah, you know, that's all of all of these gripes and all of these new complaints and issues and problems um, are the result of the modern, the sort of the modern world and and the, um, the ease, the inclination. Yes, the inclination for a very convenient life. You know convenience kills um our drive and our, our you know our, our want for something bigger and stronger and better you know people are disconnected uh with their health because yeah. they are they're they're bogged down by convenience you know they don't yeah. know anything about their yeah. food or whatever it is we talked about the airline issue and you say they unbanned you but did they any of them issue an apology letter even one did. uh american yeah. airlines did yeah okay they uh they actually called me um, and I, I spoke to somebody and they kind of said like, Hey, listen, we're lifting this. You know, you had a, they called it some sort of infraction. Um, and they made me promise that I would, <laughs> that I would listen to all future commands from, from flight staff. Except and, for that uh, one. <laughs> I said, I said, yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll listen well, to most of them. I'll let, you know, tell me to buckle my seatbelt. I'll buckle my seatbelt. Yeah. It works. If the plane goes down, I'm going to want to be buckled in, you know, but yeah. uh, don't tell me to do something I know is going to work. So, yeah. but yes, they, uh, I spoke to some manager and, and after, after we talked, she said, you know, um, sorry that this had to happen. You know, she's like, you know, we, we were in a bad spot, um, you know, because we're, we're heavily regulated by the government, you know, and, and sorry, so sorry you had to deal with this. So well, I, I give credit to them for even doing that as you yeah, it wasn't no, wasn't the world's greatest apology, but the yeah. other the other ones didn't apologize at, at all. Well, and this brings to light what I when I've you know a bit of a complaint about in terms of the medical profession, the doctors. 
They have participated yeah. in something worse than quote unquote ma making you get a mask on to get on a plane. They've actually engaged in injecting experimental mRNA synthetic, uh, not at vaccines, but gene altering therapies. They have participated in uh, utilizing drugs that are deadly to destroy kidneys like remdesivir, venting people. They're guilty of uh, writing DNRs when no family member has requested DNRs and in cases of even young children or children like uh, uh, Grace Shara. Uh, and, and we've talked about her story as well with her father. And, 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 you know, there's a lot that they owe an apology for, and that might not even be enough, but I don't see enough of them going, you know what? I was part of the problem. You know, I'll acknowledge people that have, I, uh, we've talked about uh, Tim Robbins, the actor who's, you know, very left the political center and uh, I don't love or hate anybody because of their political views. That's not my point in saying it, but it was a, quite an acknowledgement when he uh, said, you know, he was on board with it. And then as he began to see what was happening, he really was revulsed by it. Because in, in truth, even if he has political views differ for, differing from us, he really believed in the fundamental principles of liberty. And he recognized that they were being violated extraordinarily. And that, for me, was a, a sincere apology, you know, a real repentance that I don't see in many of these people who participated in this, who pretend it didn't happen now. And if you bring it up, they say, we, we just can't live in the past. Well, if we don't learn from the past, which is what they don't want to do, then we are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, you know, I, um, I actually was on a, another podcast talking about this very same thing. It, you know, the celebrities, the athletes, the, and the doctors specifically, yeah. um, you know, and, and I've, I've gotten quite a few apologies. I, I've, that's the first one that you just said um, that I've heard in terms of an, in, an influential person or whatever you want to call them. But yeah. I've gotten quite a few messages. Uh, actually, recently it, it's happened much more. You know, I'll go through my my inbox sometimes into the requests and, you know, I'll just I'll try to answer people. And I got one the other day and it was it was from just just another you know regular person. And he said, uh, you know, I just he's like, I don't know if you'll ever read this, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm really sorry. Like I used to troll your page. You know, I, I slung dirt about you like every chance I could get. Um, you know, I was like really nasty. Like I, I was prank calling you. Um, and now I follow your account and I love, you know, the content you put out and I'm thankful that you and people like you fought for me, even though I was fighting against you. And he's like, I, I, and he said, he said, I have a deep sense of regret for the way that I acted. Um, and I thought that was really cool. But to your point, I think more importantly than the average person acknowledging that, I think that's important too, but I think the people who were in these positions that were looked to for sort of guidance, be that celebrities, entertainers, you know, athletes and, and doctors, you know, people trust their doctor. Like, like I'm sure if you took a survey, maybe not now, but if you took a survey in, in 2019 of like the average person, like, do you trust your primary care physician? You know, I'm sure that was probably like mostly a yes. Um, and they, they let these people like right off a cliff. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've seen doctors, Ian, say, you know what? We, we just realized that we were being lied to by the CDC. And, and I want to say, where have you been? I've been saying this for 30 years. And, you know, of course, because I'm a homeopath and not a medical doctor, they say, well, uh, we don't have to listen to you. you know, yeah. It's not, it's not like I'm looking for undue influence, but my gosh, if, if I could see it and now you see it 30 years late and you want us to just go, oh, sorry, accept your apology and now trust you again. 
No. I, I think that's a delusional place to be, and I don't think they fully uh, repented like some of the people, like that one individual you said that reached out to you. You can tell that sincerity. That takes, and that takes a lot. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for a person who can do that, who can say like, man, I was like that. I was really wrong. Like I, I was really wrong and I may have caused people harm because of that. You know, yeah. that takes, that takes a lot to say. And that makes me want to trust that person, you know, rather than somebody who's just like, you know what, let's just get over it. Not a big deal. You know, we all said some things, um, you know, but anyway, like let's, let's look at the next thing over here. Um, you know, I, I think that if you are somebody like that, you know, if you are a medical professional and you did go along with it, you know, you, it, you need to have some serious kind of self-talk there. Um, because not only did you mislead people, but you were fooled yourself. And, you know, it, it's part of your profession as a, as a science based profession to question, you know, so many of these doctors said like, Oh, well, you know, we're just following CDC guidelines. And it's like, I'm sorry. I thought my doctor was a critical thinker. Like I didn't realize, you know, like, that's what I thought was inherent to the field. Yeah. And know, they turned, to, turned out to be a bunch of, a bunch of medical pharmaceutical lemmings. Yes. And that's what you have. You have, you know, symptom drug, you know, symptom drug, and it's not, you know, symptom cause no, nobody's right. asking that it's how do, how do we make this go away as fast as possible? Well, and look at the media reporting, on the died suddenly scenario yeah. in all our life, Ian, do you ever remember headlines uh, all across the, la the nation every day? Not died suddenly. So-and-so died suddenly. One, suddenly one, or died. Two, one or two a year, maybe before this, yeah. you would, you would see like, you know, athlete dies or something like that. But, and I don't even remember that, but people can seem to dig them up. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's happened. You know, I was looking at numbers today and I don't know how accurate they were. Um, but it was pretty much, the amount of athletes that have died since the rollout of the vaccine was uh, was greater than by a couple hundred what had been gone over the, either the last one or two decades um, of time. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a scary thing. And, and yeah. the the a lot of the same people who pushed the vaccine and advocated for the vaccine are now running with these stories that this is somehow OK and that. Like it's not to be alarmed and, and to ask that question that you are somehow yeah. a bad person. Yeah. Well, you know, this, like, how dare you say, wow, was that guy vaccinated who fell flat on his back in the middle of Monday night football? So yeah, since and when I is it the answer to that question, but no. it's a fair question. Yeah. Since when is it, uh, you know, something that uh, is, is worth being ostracized over when you simply ask a question, I wonder what his status was in regards to something that came out and now we're hearing and seeing things we have never seen in numbers we had never seen or if ever, you know, and I do remember uh, growing up in the South and, you know, it, hot uh, in the spring when you had the spring football with the new, new team coming up in high school. And, you know, occasionally you'd read about or even know about a kid who, you know, was a big kid for high school that would died of heat, you know, prostration. I mean, really overheated and, and had a heart event. And that, so to your point, I agree. It's not like it, no one has ever died suddenly. That's not what we're arguing, but the sheer numbers, uh, no, this is something unusual. This is something different. And of course, even, uh, cardiologists, uh, like, uh, Peter McCullough say, you know, look, we don't know him if he's not your patient, if he's not my patient, but I will say that if you don't at least consider it, you're not a doctor at this point. No, you're, not you're, really. you're in denial. Yeah. You know, you're, you're in denial and your ego is so in the way of 
your 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 humanity, honestly. Yeah. You know, you you bought into something, and and chances are that you probably know deep down that you mm-hmm. were duped. Um, but your ego won't let you acknowledge that in a, in a public manner. So yeah. much so that not only will you not acknowledge it, but you'll take this this story, this next part of the story, and run with it. Um, yeah. And say like you know th- no this is totally normal you know that that's a pretty scary thing when when you when you're digging yourself that deep into a lie that that is very clearly a lie either that and you know and, and this is why I actually stopped going to the doctor that I did pre 2020 um, you know you're either in on the lie in some capacity whether it's you know you're stricken with self guilt or or you were just happy to get your commission check from Pfizer um, or, or you're incompetent. Or yes, you just took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. Or you're an absolute idiot, and I don't want you in charge of my medical care in in either way. Exactly. Hey, real quickie, and we got a couple of minutes before I gotta uh, go. But the running for Congress thing, I, I'd like to see more people that are just average folks coming out of whatever the background and never ever ever consider doing that to do so. But what would you would what would you tell them since you've had that experience? Do it. Jump in and do it. It is an absolutely miserable experience, but it's one of the best experiences you'll have. And it's miserable on purpose. It's miserable because they don't want people like you and me to do it. Um, because if you do the job right, if you do the job of, of a politician right, it's long hours, it's hard work, you don't get paid a lot. Um, it's a thankless job a lot of times. Um, your privacy is going to be invaded and all these other things. And, and that sounds bad, but you can make a huge change on people. But I would, I would put the caveat of do it with, or I, I would put a caveat with do it, do it at the local level. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest mistake that I made was that I ran for Congress and not for a state position because had I even, and I, we had a, a, a absolutely great run. We got 40% of the vote uh, against a GOP that absolutely just, just did everything they could to undermine us, outspent us 10 to one. We still got 40% of the vote. Wow. We had a grassroots campaign. We spent less than, I think a hundred thousand dollars. Um, we did amazing things, but I had the realization, even as I was running that, what am I even going to do when I get to Congress? You know, I'm just going to be one of 400 some totally outnumbered by the powers that be. And I realized that at the state and at the County and at the local level, yeah. not only do you have better chance of getting in, um, cause running a, a, a federal level campaign is is very costly. There's a lot of roadblocks that the average person um, who doesn't have a whole lot of money or name recognition uh, has to has to get around. I had the ability to get around some of that, and I still wasn't able to to successfully launch the campaign. Um, but at the local level, you don't have those barriers. Um, you can run a smaller campaign. You can learn a lot more, and more importantly, you have a, or excuse me, you have a better chance of getting in. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, that and, is as sage and advice and, and wise as and any you do, hope you would give. And, but when you get in, yeah. you'll you'll have much more of an ability to the have impact. an impact. impact and, and, yeah. and that's the most important thing. You're having an amazing impact. And I and I hope you know that. And I appreciate you so much. And Find Your Hill is the new book. I believe there's findyourhill.com yes, to get sir. the book and uh, share it and be inspired you know, by uh, what Ian has done, what he's inspiring you to do as well. God bless you, my brother. I hope to work out with you one day and yeah. uh, uh, 
you know, get big and strong one day like you. Awesome. Yeah. A great show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ian Smith. I appreciate you being back on board. And he's, uh, you know, what we would like to strive to be in terms of examples of living your principles and not cowering in fear. And the thing is, you don't have to be big and strong like we t- we see Ian or have a big old beard like I'm jealous of with Ian. <laughs> you can simply recognize your connection to the source of all wisdom, all strength, all creation, your divinity, and then go with God. And that will help strengthen you and your resolve in the face of a lot of tyrannical maniacs trying to frighten you out of your relationship with the divine. We're going to be uh, not taking a break yet, but uh, transitioning over in 10 seconds to our friends at brighteon.tv. We've got a first-time guest, Edward Dowd, showing up momentarily, and we'll talk about that as we count down to the new hour. All right, welcome once and uh, for all. No, not once and for all. I'm I'm feeling very tired. I might, I might take a nap this hour, uh, but you shouldn't because we got... Edward Dowd scheduled to join us for the first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Links are up. We got questions of the day. We got wireless radiation discussions, perhaps, to go to. And uh, what is the solution to the opioid epidemic? One of the, epidemic, I should say. One of this. I don't know if it's the stupidest or smartest response. We'll get to that as well if we can. I, the reason I say I might nap is I've been up for four days straight at a major conference in Orlando with Terry and Stu Warner and many of my friends. Got to hang out with some really cool people. Met some in, interesting and fascinating people as well as I do on this show from time to time, or almost every day or six days a week. Go to robertscottbell.com slash listen. There's a chat room that's live, and on the places we haven't been banned yet, you can see us there as well, including Rumble. So stick with us. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on simulcast with Brideon.tv, where the power to heal is yours. All right, coming up this hour, and uh, by the way, I'm live from my friends that make this. Sovereign Silver and Sovereign Copper and Argentin 23 and the gels. This is amazing. I just uh, lectured on copper at the uh, conference. It was a CME, uh, what we'll call presentation, uh, continuing medical education uh, lecture. And when you do that, you, you can't do a branded discussion. Just so you know, it's all about scientific validation, uh, journal articles, peer-reviewed stuff, and and I enjoy doing that because I'm a bit of a, an egghead. I know you can't tell by looking at me, uh, but I had a great conference, great discussions, met a lot of great integrative, holistically inclined physicians, nurses, and more, a lot of chiropractors as well. And you know, one of the most should be intimidating things is when Judy Mikovits, Doctor Judy Mikovits, PhD, is in the audience, and she always finds her way into the audience when I'm lecturing. A little intimidating because she's one of the smartest women let's say period scientist period woman man or any and it's a bit humbling after every time i speak and this is my my love and appreciation for judy mikovich that she's like hold on robert i gotta write this down because i gotta change my talk now you know how she integrates things that she learns as immediately as she knows oh my gosh there's something more that can help here and when i talked about uh silver copper nitric oxide different things uh, afterwards, she said, yeah, there's, there's always something I learned new when I listen to you speak. Now that's not me inflating my ego. I'm just humbled by that. And I, and I say that because any one of you, no matter what you think of yourself, you might think of yourself as a peon in the big scheme of things compared to others. 
that you have a gift and whatever that might be, find it and live it. Let it exude from you. Let it breathe into and out of you. And don't let anybody diminish you because you do or don't have a degree of any kind, much less any field or endeavor. And again, that's the the humbleness that I take from Judy Mikovits, as brilliant as she is, always willing to learn, not necessarily from a PhD or an MD, because I'm not. I was a homeopath. I've been derided by the medical profession for almost 30 years. And I can, I can handle it. I'm a big boy. I'm not crying about that. It's just when I see uh, the acknowledgement from the medical profession now, that they, they acknowledge, oh, we didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know that. We weren't taught this. Oh my gosh, we were lied to by the CDC. I have to admit, as a human being, I'm a little bit annoyed because it's not like I hadn't been warning them. It's not like I hadn't been saying, and it's not even about me because many of my friends in the fields of naturopathy and homeopathy and herbalism and, uh, you know, lay midwifery on and on knew that the CDC and the FDA was lying and is constantly lying to us, talking heads in the media, lying to us, parroting press releases from the pharmaceutical church, the church of pharmaceutical mysticism, occult. That is the third, second, or first leading cause of death. And they want to continue to maintain their status as exalted above us all in the midst of their errors. And that's calling it nicely. I bring that out as we have more evidence of corruption in media, in medicine, in government, as it relates to the toxic substance known as fluoride. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. I just want to give you a sneak preview this hour. First-time guest, Edward Dowd, is going to join us in a few minutes. New book called Causes Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, put out with Children's Health Defense. I'm very encouraged by this, and I I look forward to talking with him momentarily. But this story about a top HHS official blocking the release of long-delayed fluoride toxicity review. And this is internal emails that have been revealed. This is also at the Defender by Derek Bros. Newly released emails reveal that leadership within the CDC and the NIH acted to prevent, prevent, not disease, not illness, not dying, but prevent the release of long-delayed review of fluoride's toxicity to the, by the National Toxicity Program. Fluoride is one of the most toxic poisons known to man. It will guarantee the uptake of other heavy metals like mercury, like never before. And yet they still try to argue that it's good for you if you drink it, much less spray it on your teeth because it's so toxic, it'll kill the bacteria. And then they say it prevents tooth decay. Yet at the same time, with low level parts per million exposure over time of fluoride, you will have modeling of the teeth and the skeletal system caused by what? Fluoride. Fluoride. Toxic waste from aluminum and bauxite mining. They didn't have or want to spend the money to dispose of this hazardous waste. So the sordid tale of aluminum manufacturers and others was that they sold it to us as a medicine. Yes, a toxic poison being sold as a medicine. Who would have thunk it, boys and girls? That would never happen. Never mind the Flexner Report of 1910 that set the stage to wipe out the competition to allopathic modern medicine that was emerging as patented petrochemical poison for profit. And there's nothing wrong with making profits in in an honest way, but to do so in a monopoly, to do so to poison and create disease and then manage those diseases and profit off the drugs you sell to manage the diseases that you caused 
by those toxic substances and additional toxic substances known as drugs approved by the Fear and Death Administration. Yeah, I'm a little ticked off, but I have been for a while. And then it passes, and I recognize that we're reaching each other in this way to see through it. We're talking to one another, even as we are banned on YouTube and Spotify even today. Well, it's not going to stop me. It's not going to stop you. And I don't think it's going to stop this guy, Edward Dowd, who's joining us now for the first time. And it's interesting, as I was reading his backstory, somehow he's involved in, in, in BlackRock. I'm like, isn't this guy supposed to be like the enemy? Or did he wake up and repent too? Cause Unknown, the book is called The Epidemic of Unknown Causes of Death. Basically, I'm paraphrasing now. Here it is. Pauses of Unknowns of Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Edward Dowd, welcome to the Robert Dowd Bell Show. Robert, thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you on. I know we couldn't test, and your audio is choppy and sloppy. I don't know what's happening here, Super Don. Help me out if we can clear that up with Ed, because I definitely want to hear from him. How are we doing? Uh, that seems to be better. I just, maybe it caught up with itself, Ed. So thank you, Ed. And, and it's really cool that the Children's Health Defense worked with you to get this book out. But when I look a little bit on your background, admittedly, it's a superficial skim because I've been out of town for days on end at the medical conferences. You got to give me that backstory of how you emerged from something called BlackRock. So I left BlackRock in 2012, 10 years. All my former colleagues that I used to work with, they're all gone, either quit or got fired. When I joined in 2002, was a smaller firm and they grew through acquisitions, Lynch uh, uh, Asset Management Acquisition, and then the Barclays Acquisition. Changed. Uh, so I left before they really changed into what became a behemoth path uh, business. I was a manager of a large, large cap growth fund for 10 years, and that management. So human beings, uh, you know, decided what stocks would go, stock picking analysis. So the, the firm changed. When I was there, there about I have no comment on it because I wasn't there. I haven't been there for ten years, and it wasn't going on. Something, something has happened in the last ten years. I have mm -hmm. a lot of ex colleagues um, who uh, I have. I have internal people at BlackRock that thank me as well. So. You know, okay, I want to hear. I want to hear more of the story, Ed. But I got to pause you because we're having such audio difficulty with your connection. I'm going to have Super Don, my producer, call you on the phone and patch you in, uh, because I I much would rather hear the words than than not. And and because you have an important story to tell, and this new yeah. book is something I want people to get. So stand by. We'll be uh, joined again momentarily by Ed Dowd by phone. And again, that's uh, by the way, thanks to all of our patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, your support means the world to us and makes it possible for us to stay up with some of these technological needs of the show to, to deliver this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty two hours a day, six days a week, and sometimes more. And, the, you know, the bonus rounds that we get to do. So thank you for that. And for our TV crowd just joining us, uh, it's a fascinating journey. I've been on this past uh, weekend in Orlando at a medical conference and got to meet and hang out with uh, some of the most brilliant doctors and some of them actually uh, have uh, a humility about what they're trained or, or know and don't know, uh, like uh, my good friend, Dr. Judy Mikovits. She's a living example to how you can be one of the most brilliant scientists in the world and yet be loving and kind and godly and not driven by ego, like some of those physicians that still are. 
And there was another guy I met that I thought was fascinating and, and we'll get on the show uh, sometime, hopefully soon, uh, Dr. John Witcher from Mississippi. I understand he, I don't know if he's declared yet. I haven't looked into that, but he looks like he's intending to, or he is running for governor of that state. And he's completely aware of the scamdemic uh, that was uh, uh, COVID. And he's completely aware uh, of the disaster that is the uh, artificial and uh, experimental uh, gene therapy type injections, not vaccines. We do have some upcoming events we'll tell you about a little later in the show. Looks like we have Ed Dowd back on the phone. Ed, thanks for uh, flexing with us to get you on and hear your story. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on. I'm sorry about the technical issue. No, but I gathered a much w what I could get from you is that your participation in BlackRock was before all the major uh, uh, conglomerations bought it and bought it and bought it, and it kind of kind of rises up and becomes you know one of maybe three of the main uh, investment firms that uh, seem to own just about everything and participate in like World Economic Forum schemes and uh, New World Order government schemes and growth of, uh, of uh, global communism through uh, uh, global warming claims. Super Don, is it me or is it what's happening here? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. I had to try again. Yeah, so it, it's it, I haven't been there since 2012. So whatever has gone on yeah. is uh, beyond uh, my experience. And, you know, look, I will comment on this. Warren Buffett's uh, partner, Charlie Munger, has talked about uh, this phenomenon with passive ETFs, the growth of passive investments, which are basically buying indexes in the hands of uh, Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock. And, and the voting of the shares used to be done by each portfolio manager. So it was many, many different people. They're now voted by an executive committee at these different firms. Charlie Munger believes it's too much power and too few hands, and that something is li likely uh, could go wrong. So that's all I'll say on that is that it, yeah. it's, it, the mono it's a monopoly at this Correct. point. Correct. Yeah, monopolies are never good for freedom, much less uh, cost-effectiveness and affordability of anything. And that includes modern medicine as a monopoly, and we need to break that up and uh, bring freedom back into our healing arts and sciences. And that includes the inclusion of all the healing professions, naturopathy, homeopathy, chiropractic, all of these things are not exalting one over another and creating the disaster that we've seen because the very same monopoly that brought us into this mess and contributed to it is the one that says uh, only we can be solving this and sorry about what just happened. I agree 100%. Yeah, so your book, it certainly intimates that you might have a, uh, a bit of an insight as to what's going on here. It's called Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. Uh, is it right to say that uh, the COVID uh, pandemic of 2020 did not result in the number of deaths that uh, have happened since the uh, introduction of these experimental injections that they like to call vaccines? And they screwed up by calling them that because now everybody is a vaccine skeptic or a, a vaccine. Uh, I don't know what the word is. I, it's an anti-vaxxer. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I, I would traditionally, um, I've not been an anti-vaxxer. I've come to con conclude that vaccines in general, uh, I'm going to avoid going forward. But when I got into this uh, battle, I was not a traditional anti-vaxxer. Okay? I was a guy who um, would uh, get his tetanus booster, you know, when, when I was told to, but I'm done with everything. What I can say is this, uh, since the introduction of the vaccines or so-called vaccines, 
Uh, I'm a data guy. I'm a trend follower. I just look at big metadata and numbers. Uh, we've seen a grim picture. Uh, the health outcomes have been worse for those who are employed in 2021 and 2022. It's in the excess death numbers and it's in the disability numbers. So let's, let's assume you and I are wrong. It's not the vaccines. Well, then what is it that's causing the employed and most able-bodied amongst us in the country to be uh, dying uh, at a faster rate than the general population and, and getting disabled faster than the general population? It's a national security crisis. Obviously, if you use your, your, your uh, critical thinking skills, uh, you can link up a new novel technology and a vaccine rush to market coupled with mandates in order to keep your job. And the, the numbers are stark and devastating and it's a disaster. I think it's a national security issue. And I told Senator Ron Johnson that. Oh, that is significant. I, I really appreciate uh, Ron's uh, perspective and willingness to, to take a lot of heat for simply having hearings uh, about you know the jab and those uh, physicians that are concerned with it. I will uh, just once again, relate to you as I try to to everybody to remember that it would be wise as we move forward to begin to, to include all healthcare professions in the discussion to exclude at this point the people who were right as I mentioned the homeopaths the naturopaths the herbalist all of the eclectic type views and uh, vital force views of the body uh, is to our great detriment and we have uh, established an elite ruling class of physicians that got everything wrong and even those who are now getting it right they need to be on the stage with those who got it right before them long before them and start having open discussions which are happening by the way behind the scenes on a regular basis but never out in front of the mainstream media i agree 100 percent with you i've been living on maui i moved to maui in 2014 and maui is kind of an island that's uh a lot of people come here to heal, and there's a lot of what we call, I'll use in quotes, woo-woo. But I've come <laughs> to believe that the body is not well understood by the current people propagating uh, these pills and a lot of the remedies. Uh, I healed myself from a depression using um, God, a diet, exercise, fasting, and just you know a holistic health approach. And I, I don't take any pharmace pharmaceutical products. I did, and they made me worse. And I recovered from depression the non-traditional way. And I'm glad uh, that someone woke me up to the fact that these so-called SSRIs, A, they don't work, and B, they cause horrendous side effects and ill health in general. Yeah, Ed, you're, you're right. And uh, I'm so grateful that you have acknowledged that. And through your experience, it's been difficult, I'm sure. But to wake up and still be here, to be able to share that message with others is one of hope and empowerment and, and genuine healing. And I've been to that. Uh, beautiful island of Maui, which is known as the Healing Island. It has this very special energy. People go there to heal. My friend, Dr. Carolyn Dean, had been there, has been there for a long time as well. And she's an MD and NDN homeopath. And she's uh, like triple dangerous. I love that about her. And so there are good people there that are doing what you call woo or what they have affectionately or not affectionately called woo to try and distance anybody who would think to even consider trying it because of. Uh, what do we call it? It's like schoolyard uh, bullying tactics. It's like, we're going to call you names. We're going to ostracize you. We won't let you play any reindeer games with us if you dare to speak of natural medicine. And yet, what what happened to freedom? What happened to innovation and freedom that the American people have become so weak-minded that they bought into those lies for, if not decades, then maybe even centuries? 
I agree. I mean, the uh, my journey, my personal journey, and then the discovery of this fraud, which once I realized uh, that basically this was a bridge too far, and they've exposed the whole corruption of the system. Before we couldn't see the system because it was it was you know the fraud was going on in all sorts of uh, drug products and, and pharmaceutical products, uh, and, and it was smaller populations. Now we can roll it up in the metadata and see that the whole regulatory agencies. Uh, are, are bought and paid for wholesale. They've been corrupted thoroughly the last 20, 30, 40 years. And you, like I heard you say in your segment with uh, Ian Smith, you know, you guys have been right for a while. And I woke up to it uh, through my own journey uh, starting in 2014, 13 with my depression. And you're 100% correct. You guys have been calling it right for a while. Yeah. And it's not like I'm looking for accolades in terms of uh, ego gratification. I mean, I, and I believe this about most doctors that go in to become doctors. They genuinely want sincerely to help people, but they get trapped in a devastating system of uh, poison people for profit or poison people back to health, which is absurd. And including the SSR classifica- classification of drugs, which have, you know, there's no known biomarker test that analyzes people to say you are deficient in an, you know, in an SSRI drug or a Prozac, Paxil, Zoloft, et cetera. Uh, there's no independent blood analysis urinary analysis, hair analysis, uh, name the, the bodily fluid you can test. Nothing indicates the need for those drugs. There is no standardized test. There's no objective test. It's all subjective in the DSM. So that's one area of, of a larger problem in modern medicine that really became corrupted in 1910 with the Flexner report, which I wrote about and unlocked the power to heal. Because we, if we don't understand how we got here, then we have no earthly idea how to correct our path, our charter course anew. I agree 100%. And, and you know, as tragic as this uh, COVID vaccine situation is, the, the silver lining and is that there's a, a, a ginormous awakening going on across uh, the country and the globe. And, you know, it's not to the numbers we need yet, but we're going to rethink our healthcare system when this is all said and done. And people right. like you need to be at the seat, you know, have a seat at the table, not just the people who perpetrated the system on us. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was shocked to learn in my journey recently that uh, medical students only get four hours of nutritional uh, uh, training in their three years of med school. Yeah. Four hours in three years. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's, that's saying something. Some of them don't, don't even get that. And, you know, the point is this, this, you know, when we talk about these things, Ed, and it's like they like to say we're bashing doctors. No, that system that they're trapped in is a disaster. And unfortunately, those who have cheerlead for it or still cheerlead for it, they're also a problem. There are some that are awakening uh, to that reality and are humble enough to say, I'm sorry, I didn't know, and, and are looking to work together in cooperation. There are others that are still driven by ego, and we've got to break through that cycle. But then there are others that are not in the profession that look to worship doctors still. And they're setting themselves up for some more disasters that are not needing to happen. And I said, uh, this COVID thing is not the last of it. If they can get away with another uh, scamdemic pandemic because we're afraid of germs, they will exploit our fear. And I ask people sincerely, please find out what you're afraid of and go after that. Overcome that fear with knowledge. Find out why you don't need to be afraid. And then they can't get away with their lies and deception. You know, one of the things that I did before COVID hit is I, I started to really focus on my own health. And it was a holistic approach. It was, it's spiritual, 
mental and physical. And when you get all three of those going together, um, you, 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 your brain is able to suppress fear and anxiety. And that's what COVID did. It, it elevated everyone's fear and anxiety and mm-hmm. uh, crippled their critical thinking skills. And this is where we are. And I yeah. was not scared at all of COVID because <laughs> I rationally found out early on, they told us that survivor, survival rate from this thing was super high. Yeah. So oh, stand just, by, Ed. We got to take a quick break. Quick break on Brighteon.tv. We'll be back with more powerful healing, and we'll find out if Ed Dow believes the real cause of the sudden death syndrome is global warming. I, I'm going to ask him that. Yeah, I will. Stand by. We'll be right back. All right, Ed. We got about two and a half minutes where uh, Brighteon.tv is on break, but we're still here with the the majority of our audience on. Uh, directly at robertscottbell.com and the other outlets like rumble that are still here so we can chat informally but obviously i made a uh, a reference to a question i'm going to ask you when we come back from that break and that should be fun to discuss because i just saw my good friend michael bolden from the 10th amendment center said no kidding there are people now utilizing the died suddenly to proclaim that the reason this is happening is because of global warming (laughs) i i actually um, in a presentation to the American Freedom Alliance in October, said the narrative will shift and they will blame uh, climate change. Everyone in the room laughed. I said, don't laugh. They will use it. Do not underestimate uh, the uh, folks who need to cover up this crime and the gullibility of many people out there. So it's funny, but it's not funny. And I, and I, I, I knew they were going to do that. It's just I know how the yeah. criminal mind thinks. Right. Yeah. So again, we'll come back and answer that question as soon as super tells me we're back on with everybody. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate uh, connecting with you and all that you're doing. I know uh, your journey is so powerful and and what you've been through to, to get there. You've got so much credibility because of the journey you've been on. And I'm grateful that you're willing to speak out about it because I think it'll impact and help. And I believe uplift others uh, through your, you know, the things that you went through. Absolutely. I mean, depression is something I don't wish upon my worst enemy, but mm-hmm. once, um, once you understand what depression is, I view it as a spiritual malady and a, a soul sickness. And um, you need to get you need to you need to give up all your worries and anxieties to God. And then you need and then you're part of the pact is you need to take care of your, your you know, your uh, your your avatar, your health. Mm-hmm. And you need to change your thought patterns. And, you know, God, God's not going to cure you. You, you. you have to pray to God and then you have to meet him halfway. It's been my experience. Yeah, exactly. All right. We're almost back. Uh, rejoined by our friends on brighteon.tv. Stand by. 10 seconds to go. Again, robertscottbell.com. Thank you for sharing the show, everybody. Keep doing it because we know Big Pharma doesn't want this message to be heard. So five, four, three, two, one. All right. Welcome back, everybody, on brighteon.tv. Watching from around the world. I am live from Sarasota, Florida today as I've been at a conference in Orlando Special thanks to our friends at Natural Immunogenics, the makers of Sovereign Silver, Sovereign Copper, and Argentin 23, and amazing, amazing, uh, let's say, tools to empower you to get well and stay well. And that is uh, the self-care we need at this point because the allopathic Western mindset is you must be a victim of uh, Big Pharma. We won't call you that. You will find out that you are that because you believe that you could poison yourself back to health. That is not a long-term strategy for survival, much less thriving. We have Ed Dowd on with us today on this hour, in fact, and there's uh, links in the show notes to the book we're talking about, Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. 
seems to be, uh, it's not this, but I'll ask it just for fun. And he actually had a prediction about this. Um, there are actually people saying the reason for the rise in sudden deaths is because of global warming or some say climate change. Yeah. So I was saying earlier that, uh, I had a, uh, I went to a conference in, uh, LA and I made a presentation at the American freedom Alliance. And I said, uh, that the narrative will soon shift from, um, uh, from COVID to climate change for the onslaught of sudden deaths. And everyone in the room laughed. And I looked at them and I said, don't laugh. They will do this. They will float this as the next narrative. Mark my words. And I guess we are now hearing that narrative emerge. It's amazing. You, you, uh, you saw it. You knew it was coming. And, and in fact, it is happening. Uh, by the way, I'm just seeing word from our audience. I remember I'm of the age that watched this film I think eight is enough. There was the youngest kid who was the, you know, he played it. Adam rich was the actor's name. 54 died suddenly. Apparently I don't know anything about the backstory, but again, maybe it has nothing to do with anything or maybe he was jabbed and maybe there is a, uh, temporal relationship, if not a causal one. So in my book, cause unknown, there's a lot of, it's a very easy read and it's, uh, it's designed to wake up your family members that think we're all crazy. Um, I, 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 I don't talk about the who and why. I just established that it's true and we've never seen this before. And I mm -hmm. start off the book talking about sudden athletic deaths, which we have hundreds and hundreds of examples of in our in my book. And I cite what's called the Lausanne study, which was done in 2006, I believe. It spanned 38 years and it, it's not it's not an exhaustive study because they couldn't, you know, they may not have been able to find certain uh, death reports, but uh, they did a study of sudden athletic deaths under age 35 on the field. There were 1,101 such cases over 38 years logged. That's 29 a year. Um, Robert, we'd be we'd be we'd be lucky if we had a month now that only had 29. Mm -hmm. It's it, the 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 shocking uh, rise in these sudden athletic deaths is unprecedented, and it's probably since 2020 the uh, the ratio of what we normally would experience to what we're experiencing now is probably 12 to, you know, 18 times, uh, the rate of what we saw before, like 1800%. It's insane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Incredible. And I'm glad you put it together in a book and I'm glad that children's health defenses work with you to get that out. Uh, as you said, the target is your family members, those you are most close with that you hopefully have some level of influence that they haven't completely kicked you out of their lives because you look and seem different to them because you wouldn't bow down to the authoritarians who have been proven time and time again in medicine to be wrong in media to be wrong in government to be wrong and and it's a lonely place to be right when everyone else is wrong they call you the crazy one they call you the insane one and in that scenario you are the sane one you are the wise one and yet hold your ground takes a lot of uh i don't know if courage is the right word effort might be the word but i argue a connection with your true source, which isn't ego. It's a source far higher and beyond the ego and the mind. And that is our divinity. And in that you can take solace when you know you're right and you're in your rightness, you are not harming anybody, even though they tried to convince everybody that those of us who didn't wear a mask, didn't get jabbed were the ones that were the great danger. When in reality, those that did mask, those that did, uh, in, uh, get the jabs, those that did hide away and, and separate from, the human family are the ones that harmed themselves the most. And if they had influence, undue influence on those that could control and limit our freedom, 
then they indeed harm not only themselves, but us as well. And they have a debt to pay at some point in this life or the next. Hey, Robert, I heard your last guest uh, talk about ego. and You're talking about ego right now. I want to just tell your audience members in, in the financial world, especially in stock picking, ego kills. It kills careers. What do I mean by that? It means that you came up with an investment thesis on a stock. You buy the stock into your client's portfolio and you invest a lot of your ego into your thesis. As data comes out that you're wrong, then the stock starts to decline. You dig your heels in and keep buying the stock, despite the fact that more and more evidence comes out that you were wrong. That's ego. And I've seen careers destroyed from ego. The problem here with this vaccine situation is your ego to defend something where the thesis has been compromised. Let's just assume, let's assume the safety of the vaccine. Well, that's not true, but your original thesis on the vaccine was it prevented transmission and you uh, from getting COVID. That no longer exists. So if you keep getting boosted, it's like buying a declining stock because your ego is so involved and you can't admit you were wrong. But now there are serious health concerns uh, that, et- that end with you continuing to invest in your ego in either death or disability. So this, is, this, is, this ego situation we have across the globe is killing people. And you're investing your ego in, in a, pharmace- a flawed mm-hmm. pharmaceutical product that, you know, people are making money off of. So just give up, let your ego go, admit you were wrong, and then help others. Wow. That's a nice analogy from the investment world, how uh, the ego can kill, in that case, investments or those that have followed somebody with a strong personality and a big ego. And I think this is the problem, as I said, with worship of the white coats, that it has let us down a very toxic path of death and destruction. But You know, we can call it the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So uh, good intentions be damned in this sense. It's not enough to have good intentions. If you also are taking people down a road of death and destruction, then what good are those good intentions? Absolutely. I mean, the road, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And that's that, you know, that's that that's been a part of a a problem for humanity forever. I mean, you know, utopia. Uh, the only way to reach utopia is through um, uh, killing people. Unfortunately, that seems to be what history is. Someone has an idea of what utopia is, but they need to murder lots of people to get their vision. And I, I, you know, this has been going on for centuries and centuries. Ed, what can you tell us about what's happening on the ground in the Garden Isles of Hawaii as far as freedom? Uh, are there people that have seen through this or did they fall down like a lot of uh, the states and the people who really trusted doctors and government that they really would never do anything to harm them? So the state of Hawaii was draconian in their mandates and their propaganda. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people were duped. I was very active in the mandate protests in the summer of 2021 in the fall. And the good news is, is that um, there's a general awakening going on in the state of Hawaii that something has gone horribly wrong. But the, uh, when I went to these protests and, you know, most everybody on the island uh, ran off the cliff, those of us who were, step landing, who were left standing, we looked to our left, we looked to our right. And so I'm an ex-Wall Street guy, uh, you know, and then I'd, I'd be standing next to a, a vegan, a hippie, black, white, red, yellow. A blue, uh, someone affiliated with the blue team in politics or the red team. And we all kind of came to the conclusion, this, was, this isn't about our identities, this is about team humanity. 
And uh, it's kind of a beautiful thing that's been happening. And I think the movement that we're all starting together is not about who we are, but we're just humans and we need to respect our bodily sovereignty and each other. And there, there's going to be a new system coming because the current system is imploding economically. Uh, the corruption is being exposed. And we have an opportunity for a renaissance. Unfortunately, there's going to be uh, trials and tribulations. But my belief is a renaissance is coming um, once people realize what's just happened. Yeah. But of course, what precedes the renaissance? We're witnessing it right now. And it's not pleasant all Correct. of the time. But hold fast, if you will, to that vision of a better place, a better space and people coming together to see that it's like George Carlin said, it's a big old club and you ain't in it. <laughs> and it's us, who, it's we who are uh, uh, really the humans that are left that want to care for one another, support one another, love one another, despite all the differences in the world that are not so different that we're not recognizing that we're all of the same creation. I will say this. Uh, if I've heard and I've spoken to some people who are considered billionaires who realize they're not in the club. The club is very tiny. And even if you have several billion or even maybe 50 billion, you may not be in the club. But that's that, that it's dawning on people that uh, uh, especially that thought they were elite, that they were not informed uh, as to the uh, the COVID scenario and they didn't get the uh, the call not to take the vaccine. A lot of these uh, very smart capable people were duped and now they're horrified. So mm -hmm. the good news is our membership across all uh, socioeconomic classes is growing, not just those at the bottom, but some who are considering themselves at the top have realized they've been duped as well. And uh, they're not happy about it. Yeah. Uh, and this is interesting that, uh, you know, people from all backgrounds, walks of life in politics, outside in high finances, outside, they weren't all given this, this memo. Now, how is it again? I no, asked the question. Go ahead. No, they, no, you're right. We joke. We say, uh, I didn't get the memo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my question to that is, of course, then, how is it possible that I and others like me saw through this and saw the playbook that was written and not really hidden all that well and were warning folks? In fact, people that were warning the loudest were, were derided the most or, or yelled at as, you know, the, the proverbial CIA term conspiracy theorist, despite the reality now that was, you know, found in the documents that were released, that they were involved in the conspiracy to kill uh, President Kennedy. And they were the ones that came up with the term to dissuade people from thinking critically. Uh, so the question is, maybe we should be paying more attention to the people that were warning us that we called crazy in the past. Absolutely. You know, what's funny about this term conspiracy theory, people often ask me, well, how, wh why, why are you talking about this? What, why, why is your skill set useful? Why, why do you think you have authority? Well, first of all, I don't need authority. If I see the truth, I'll speak it. But my job uh, in my whole career in finance and picking stocks was to um, uh, discern uh, reality from perception. Uh, the crowd would be perceiving one thing, which was uh, not true. And I would see a reality and I would try to get involved in the stock where the reality was going to become apparent to everyone else. I live in the space between perception and reality. So in, in essence, I was a stock picking conspiracy theorist. That's what I did for a job. And my job was to be ahead of the crowd. So yourself and others like us uh, that talk about things on a macro level, all we do is connect dots 
yeah. and through deductive reasoning, create a narrative that is more likely to be true than the narratives that are fed to us. So uh, conspiracy theory is basically an attempt to destroy deductive reasoning and critical thinking skills. Correct. Correct, Ed. And uh, with, with that, I'm encouraging everybody, if you'd like, get this book and share it with your friends or family members that may be on the fence to see what Ed Dowd has released here, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, available through all booksellers online. It hasn't been banned on Amazon even, and uh, through Children's Health Defense, and it's available now. It's available now, Ed. So thank you for coming on board. I appreciate your insights and your willingness to communicate what you've learned through the hardships you've been through, but it's all, I believe, for the benefit of us all. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show and I appreciate your time. And I think your, um, uh, your early, your many years of being ahead of the curve, people like you uh, were so valuable to those of us who came to this story late. I came to it, you know, you know, in 2013, 14, but without your work, I wouldn't have found it. Yeah. It's funny. I was a pariah. Now I'm a pal and I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, Ed Dowd, I appreciate you so much, and you're welcome anytime. You got some breaking news as well. Great new book. Uh, I'd love to, love to have you check out, and I'm glad, to, again, Super Don, how great is it that if we have these uh, audio-video sync difficulties with guests now, that thanks to the new board and everything, that the generosity of uh, donors to the Robert Scott Bell Show as well, that we were able to uh, conduct interviews we intend to conduct and not have to fully reschedule them when that, when that happens, because it happens, and he was in Hawaii, so it's probably transmitting through some kind of satellite bouncing off of Mars, Venus, and the cheese-filled moon. <laughs> so, good stuff. By the way, the cheese moon is a conspiracy theory, is it? No, I don't even think it's a theory, but regardless, Super Don, uh, thank you for making that interview happen, uh, despite the, the uh, technical challenges. Dude, that was almost almost a floss, flawless transition there to the phone. That's pretty cool. That was cool. pretty good. No, I thought that it was, was really cool. well done. By the way, is your now, ponytail now what grown? happened earlier? What happened earlier when uh, when I was sitting here and all mm -hmm. of a sudden something started playing and mm -hmm. I like jumped out of my skin uh, because yeah. I thought I touched anything, but I wasn't anywhere near the computer. What, what happened? Yeah, I, th I thought I hit the button to go full screen on him <laughs> and, and it was at the one below it, which was a setup for the yeah. video at the end of the show, I think. Yeah. We'll, so just, we'll, I, just blame, I, we'll just blame it on you being tired. Well, I'll take that because I am, dude. I am like... Yeah. Hold my head up right now. I'm telling you, it's an effort. I'm taking a lot of sovereign silver. I'll be drinking some sovereign copper and more. Uh, you know, I would ask you if you if you don't mind, do we have anything new in the upcoming events, or should we just review some of those that are coming up? Because it was such a great event, and so many people did not show up. I don't for have it. anything new uh, okay. yet. That is one thing I have not gotten to, and I don't know that I have a whole lot really to work with. But I will get that updated. Uh, I'll make a point of doing that tonight. Okay, well, I know we uh, have the health. I do have Expo. one announcement, though. What okay. Was, I'm sorry. What? I was just going to say the Virtual Health Freedom Expo, of course. Let me follow your week. lead. All right. Trinity Health okay. Freedom yeah. Expo. All right. And and that's 18th and 19th. And it's only 30 bucks for a virtual expo pass. And you can watch for three months afterwards. And it's going to be amazing. All the things you couldn't see and more that will be added. And then we have the Next Steps Conference with Tia Severino. And uh, many of our friends are going to be there. It's going to be amazing. 22nd through the 25th of February, uh, 2023, next-steps.info. And there, it, there is a discount, RSB 10. And we'll have more. I think you haven't put up the event for Nutritional Frontiers because we had Correct. Jamie and Joe, and they had uh, confirmed the date. 
and I don't remember it because it was just too much going on. It's March something or other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like everybody to have an opportunity in this audience. I used first to have to it in the, in the rotation here, but it's gone. It wasn't long ago. Well, that doesn't make it suddenly appear. It's supposed to. Hocus pocus. <laughs> All right. Hold you on. you had an Hold on. I'm looking it up here. Hold on. Oh, okay. All right. Events. All right. Let me chug some sovereign copper here. Hold on a second. What do we got here? Upcoming. We have got is it this one here in Tampa Bay, Florida. Bridging the gap between allopathic. No, that's February. That's an old one they have up there. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Found it. Ta-da. No. Uh, so, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Ha. Huh? There. <laughs> and I got some sleep. What's my excuse? Mm -hmm. There you are. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. You have a mouthful of something there. Yeah. It's the mind, body, and soul and soul restoration. This is a, a, a continue, like a continuing education thing for practitioners, right? Mm -hmm. Nutritional Frontiers professional training event, mind, body, and spirit restoration, Friday, March 31st. And this is going to be uh, put on. It's being put on by Jamie Dorley and Joe Messino. And, and it, goes it looks like April there's going to be a whole bunch of cool stuff. And this is going to be like on the beach or something, right? Yes, Clearwater Beach, beach, Florida. And I'm going to be there, my friends. That's and cool. I want you to be there, too. It's for, designed for healthcare providers of all kinds. You don't have to be medical doctors. You can be chiropractors, naturopaths, nutritionists, midwives. Doesn't matter. Uh, massage therapists. Oh, by the way, welcome. Speak, yeah. speaking of midwives, you, you yeah. used a word earlier I'd never heard before. What is that? Midwifery? Yeah, that's uh, that's how you describe it. Is it really? Yeah. Midwifery? It's not midwifery. It's, it's pronounced midwifery. It's, wouldn't it be midwifery? Yeah, I know you think that, but... No? The only way I've ever heard it is midwifery. I thought maybe you made up a word. I love the fact that I can come up with these terms that you've never heard of occasionally or pronunciation. Midwifery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he swung and he midwiferied. Well, it's almost baseball season. All right. Now, can you we, were going... It, yes. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You were going to make an announcement before I rudely interrupted you. Oh, real quick. And, and and I just, just got done talking with our friend Sean Cohen uh, with okay. Crave Kicker. Crave Kicker, yeah. And, uh, you know, he had a special going that was Did he uh, sell out yet? the RSB 15, and he was yeah. going to do that for everybody until he sold out the 15% yeah. off. He Did has he decided out? again, and I, I, he, he, you know, I can't keep up with him. Okay. He's going to keep the RSB 15 through yeah. February. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, and we'll get a confirmation on this. I'm, I just got his info over to Kevin to get him on the show. Okay. But, uh, as a pre-order, cause what he's doing is he's, he's doing a new run. So he doesn't have any in stock now. He's all sold out. Oh, he did sell out. Oh, he did that's sell great out. news. So Thank what he's going to do is he's going to allow people, if you want to place an order, it'll be a pre-order. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll get it at the 15% off price, and then he'll ship it out to you as soon as the uh, the new run comes in. Okay. Remember, Crave Kicker, if you're new, is Crave with a K, uh, kicker.com. And it's the Mucuna Purians, uh, an Ayurvedic remedy, so to speak. And uh, it contains naturally occurring dopamine or dopa. And it's not synthetic. It's naturally occurring. It gives that boost, and so you can get through a physical addiction pretty quickly. And smoking, vaping, other things. RSB15 is a discount code. When I was there at the event, 
I talked to some people about it. And I think we got some orders from doctors at the event too. Oh, great. That was kind of cool. Oh, boy, look at that. Kevin's quick. What we'll have you? Sean on on, G, uh, on the 17th of this month. Dude, so fast. January 17th. Dude, Dude I awesome. can't, I, look, I, I'm like, I want a nap. I'm serious. I sometimes joke no, about that, can't. but I could use one. You cannot. Really By could. the way, speaking of Kevin, he sent me a, a, a cartoon earlier yes. when you were talking with our guest. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how, as we got in order, older, do you ever, have you ever said to somebody back in my day, have you done that yet? I will, I will deny you resisted doing that. Okay. I will deny that I've ever said that. I do it all the that. time. My kids hate it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, the grandpa on the Simpsons, mm-hmm. you see, he, he, he would say, you know, back in my day, right? Yeah. Well, here's one here. Back in my day, people died non suddenly. <laughs> yeah. That is something, isn't it? You remember those days? Wow. And that's exactly what you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Timely there. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's change uh, gears here. Switch gears. Well, I want to say thank you as well to uh, my friend Babery, who I've been talking about. He's been on the show with some people as well. Real quick to remind you of the Chernobyl level antioxidant that you have accessible to you now with a discount code RSB10. And it's uh, Folium PX. F-O-L-I-U-M-P-X.com. And I'm going to continue to talk about this because this has been the most pr- profound addition for my mom as uh, she got back out on the dance floor in the new year. And we uh, showed you a video of that. And uh, she's getting better sleep and more energy. Foliumpx.com. And there's three formulas if you want to go through the whole system. Quite life-changing. And I would urge you to reach out, learn about it. And if you're going to toe dip it or dive all the way in, you're going to be richly rewarded uh, the benefits of taking Folium PX, F-O-L-I-U-M-P-X.com. Shout out to Babry. We'll get him or somebody on talking about it soon as well. All right, Super switch gears. Let's go. What do you want to do? A few minutes how about, left. How about a question of the day? Well, let's give it a go. All right. This is coming from somebody. Oh, Vera. Mm-hmm. There you go. Ah, morning. Uh, let's see, Vera. Oh, no, that's Tatiana. an old one. Never mind. We did that's that one last week. We did that one. Hold on. I just got to see Tatiana as well recently. She's awesome. Oh, you so did. Her mom's great too. At the event. So, where were? Yeah, where were you going with that? Going I back in the time. One up there. Hold on. There we go. All right. Knock yourself out. There you go. All right. All right. This is from Chad. Hello, Robert Superdon. No, I, you you get to answer this. A 5G tower went up in my neighborhood la- this past week, which has me more interested in a couple of things. One, understanding what measurement of signal is a red flag in terms of megahertz or any other measurable unit. Do you know if such a measurable threshold has been established by a trustworthy authority? Two, no, no and I don't know an, uh, an answer to that. In fact, we've had people on talking about and, and recommending certain devices to uh, determine you know, the severity of the, of the signaling. Like, you know, for instance, when I had radon in my basement, that was pretty obvious. But uh, with this, it's not everybody doesn't d- doesn't agree on this uh, Two, knowing what type of device I might consider investing in for the purpose of having empirical proof of what my family and neighbors are being exposed to. Who, who are you showing me over there, Seth? Oh, yes. OK, I've seen him once or twice. There he is. He didn't get eaten by your dog. All right. Uh, my buddy Seth, who you, you got to see on this weekend, is talking to me because I'm in studio at Natural Immunogenics today. So uh, what empirical proof of what my family and neighbors are being exposed to? We, we obviously talk a lot about the wireless world and the impact it plays on, in our health. I'm hoping you can help me with the actionable information to understand the invisible potential threats. 
Many thanks and keep up the great work, Chad. Well, Superdon, I agree. It's time that we have a revisiting we need to of get somebody matter. on. Huh? Yeah, to to follow up on that because you know we we have things that we've we've done to remediate, but I will say that in in the midst of uh, you know unfortunate things happening in the business world about the dev- devices that that work, that I'm annoyed with simply because the people behind it have have uh, not been doing some nice things. I still do have the key technology QI, and I still believe it helps, but. Uh, it's hard for me to in, you know, promote something that when the people behind it are, are not doing such so nice things. Now, right. um, that's not Paul Baratero. Paul Baratero uh, with the echo water and the hydrogen water is doing his level best. And I say I don't say that every day like I used to, but uh, to, to continue to bring out good quality products, including the echo water that has the hydrogen, which is also counteracting a lot of the oxidative stress due to any number of sources, including uh, electromagnetic fields, disrupted fields. In addition to that, uh, we know there are people we've had on, in fact, we've done shows on this subject, yet finding devices that have been validated to really reduce the intensity of the field without completely eliminating it because people still need to use it, uh, it's something, uh, Chad, we're going to have to revisit uh, soon. So I know we're up against the break here for our friends in uh, on brighteon.tv. We will be able to do a short I don't know how short, but we'll do a bonus round. I'm okay. I'm going to hang we've in. Got, there we've got there. a question in uh, the chat room there that I think is yeah. appropriate for where you are right now. So we'll ah. hit that when we get back. Yeah. What is the difference between Sovereign Silver and Argentin 23? Don wants to know. I'm going to answer that on the other side of this break. Our friends on brightian.tv, if you want to continue with the Robert Scott Bell Show bonus round, come on over to robertscottbell.com. Sign up for the newsletter by texting my name, I know, my initials, RSB to 22828. And remember, the power to heal is yours. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I really like that music. It makes me feel like I'm in the bleachers at a college football game. I do like it, too. It's a, it's, it's a pump you it's up. It's grown on me. And I need that because I'm just about to fall over and go to sleep. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. Yeah. It's Okay. My son got to sleep to until like 1130 and he's complaining. It wasn't long enough. I got up at 745. What, what time did he go to bed? 330. But he said, I was snoring last night. And and I believe him because when I am run down like this and, and you know, being in hotels for days, it's it's even, it's it's really rough on, on the body. I acknowledge that. You know, these are the times where uh, um, send good thoughts because I want to stay, stay strong to get home and, and broadcast like not skipping a beat, but I know that I need some rest here with this pace I've been on. Well, speaking of that, yeah, uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. tomorrow is going to be a show that uh, was pre-recorded while you were at the event. Yeah, and it's uh, I don't even remember who was on completely, but it's great. <laughs> I know it's awesome. It's a good uh, show. It's a good show. We promise. But it's all brand new content. And it's going to be interviews that that Robert did uh, at the uh, event there. And the audio Orlando. is better than the, the Sunday version we did. Uh, I had some problems with that recording with Dr. New, who I really enjoyed. Um, so I'm sorry about that. So, That's right. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a good show. Now, a question from Dawn. Difference between Sovereign Silver and Argentin 23. There it is. This is Sovereign Silver. I'm going to hold up. There, uh, there's a camera right there. And that is 10 parts per million bioactive silver hydrosol. It's still in a pharmaceutical grade purified water base packaged in amber uh, glass, not packaged in plastic. And here is the Argentin 23. And this is 
the same bioactive silver hydrosol in pharmaceutical grade purified water and packaged in glass, although it's endotoxin and pyrogen tested, and it is 23 ppm. So it's 2.3 times the concentration of the bioactive form of silver. And that's the main difference. And mostly this is sold through into doctors or healthcare providers, whereas the sovereign silver is mostly sold through into you know natural products retailers or direct. Although Choose to Be Healthy does have access to this. Our friend Jonathan from choosetobehealthy.com Use the code RSP5 to get a little bit of a discount as well. So hopefully that answers your question. And it's pretty simple. Pretty simple. Um, yeah, I don't know why that popped up, but it did. Okay. Which is okay, because we do love our Stephanie Lucrezia. <laughs> yes, we do. She's awesome. We do. That we was from someone in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, Adam Rich, dead at 54. From what I've read so far, uh, there's no cause of death yet that it was not um, not foul play, not, not given, but that it's not foul play. I remember Adam Rich. Eight is enough. Yes. That was that was it was kind of a you know it was a cheesy 80s show. That was but, our uh, our years of watching TV. It was one that I did watch when I was younger. Mm-hmm. He was 54. That's my age. I know. You explain that. Something going on there. Yeah. So. All right, so uh, how you feeling? You want to hit one last story here that we missed, or okay? Yeah. Th- this actually is the the story that I think I was the most interested in today, and this is a study that came out, and the study suggests that they have they have discovered one, one solution uh, to America's opioid epidemic, and here's the solution: tell doctors that their patients fatally overdosed. And when you read this, it, it, it actually kind of makes sense. And, I, you know, it, this is something I think they, they should have been doing all along. Not that we want to be mean to doctors, but, you know, listen. We do want to rub their noses in the crap that they well, do. And, and let's do, I, I would go, I would go a little bit in a different angle on that. Okay. Um, I would say, let's not rub their noses in it. Because, listen, yeah. when, it, when a doctor prescribes an opioid, um, unless they happen to be you know, Dr. Evil. I am punching McStuffins right now. You I know, know you are. I know you are. So that's why, that's why I'm, I'm doing my job here. When okay. a doctor describes, prescribes an opioid, it's not like it's Dr. Evil going, <laughs> I'm going to kill people. Okay. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I believe I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I, I think the doctors are, tr- you know, listen, somebody's in pain. That, that's what they've been trained. You're in pain. How do we get rid of the pain? Here, here's some, oh, some, some painkillers. Uh, it helps with the pain, you know, and most of the time when somebody goes into a doctor and they're in pain, it's not like they go, hey, doc, hi, how you doing? I was wondering if you'd be willing to give me some pain pills. No, it's somebody that's in there going, holy, I am dying here, doctor. You got to do something for me. You know, uh, you know, I feel like I want to kill myself. You know, please, no pun intended. Uh, please, pre- you know, prescribe me something to kill the pain. So what they're suggesting in this article is that, listen, when somebody overdoses on opioids let's notify the doctor and say hey uh, john smith over here was your was your patient and we just wanted to let you know that uh your patient overdosed on painkillers that you prescribed him now the the idea here is that if you did that would that cause the doctor maybe to think a little bit more carefully about prescribing those opioids the next time that it came up? Well, I don't you know, know the answer to that. What do you think? 
I don't think it's a big shock that the answer is, is yes. And this is what they found out mm. is that, that that had that effect. But as I'm reading this and I'm going, okay, yeah, that, that makes some sense to me. I started thinking, why would we stop at opioids on that? Mm. Wouldn't it make sense that maybe uh, we could notify a doctor when a patient uh, was taking some other pharmaceutical drug? That would make died. sense. Yeah. How about, um, how about they got the, the COVID jab and they died suddenly and notify the, the doctor, nurse, or whoever injected them? I don't know. I think makes you, be- it makes you go, hmm. You know, it's like, why would we just stop at opioids? I mean, people die from pharmaceutical drugs every day, not just opioids. Yep. So, so would it be wrong? Would it be unethical maybe to Art Kaplan or something? You know, mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know, when, when a doctor prescribes somebody Celebrex or, or uh, you know, Tylenol, I mean, yeah, we got Tylenol, right? You know, liver failure, you know, would it be wrong to notify the doctor and say, hey, we just wanted to let you know, just, just letting you know, uh, giving you, sending you the memo that this, uh, this patient over here that you prescribed those pills to uh, died yesterday. Yeah. Just, just letting you know. If it would work, I'd be all for it. I just yeah. don't know. I mean, it's an interesting idea for the opioids, and I wouldn't disagree with them on that. But it's like, listen, I think I think any time that a patient dies, personally, I think uh, the the doctor that had something to do with it should always be notified. Yeah, I think so. Right? All right, dude. You know I'm fading fast here. I got it. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I had three more uh, articles I want to do, and you can't five let you go. five questions of it. Oh, come on! I can't stop you. I'll let you do it. You can do it on Don't your be own. Be a girly man. I know. All right. Oh. Thank you all for your wonderful thoughts and prayers and support. I appreciate you. So grateful for everybody that attended the event in Orlando this past weekend. I please would you consider joining us in any number of other events that are coming up online or in person really are amazing, really are a wonderful opportunity to get together and strengthen yourself by being in the presence of other people who really are positive and uplifting and trying to help you truly engaged in that. And I think that's what you're all about. That's why you're here. So thank you for that. And uh, next show, God willing, will be tomorrow. Well, we know it's pre-recorded, but it's great stuff. New, all new, good audio quality from the event. And then uh, we should be back in studio on Wednesday. I might still be a little tired. Who knows? And thank you to Sovereign Silver for providing you this really awesome Sure SM7 mic, which is it's an industry standard. The SM7 in podcasting is the equivalent to the RE20 in radio. Right, which I use the RE20 at home studio, and normally I'm wearing the Audio-Technica headsets, which I don't like, but I haven't found a better way to do the remotes with all the the noise, ambient noise. So That's an awesome mic right there. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, listen, you go get some rest. Uh, We will be back live in studio on Wednesday. Yeah. Let me see. Let me just real quick here. One more minute, Robert. Can you make it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I just want to see who we've got on on Wednesday when when we're back live. Who are our guests? Dr. Paul Alexander. That'll be cool. And Ty Bollinger, hopefully. We'll see. Okay. And I just said, dude, I just saw that uh, you're going to be interviewed by uh, Pat Militich here coming up. When? You accepted it. I, yeah. You I just accepted it anyway. Look, yeah. Pat Militich is going to be interviewing you here sometime here soon. thought it was going to be you. No, it's not me. Why would they want to talk to me? 
Thank you, Don, for sharing the show today. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, have a good afternoon or evening. And Robert, go get some rest. And we will see you live again on Wednesday. I'm going to have dinner with Darla Shine. Hey, tell her I said hi. Will do. All right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. <laughs>